Just imagine a space where you can learn to find the tools to love yourself, embrace your mental health, and learn ways to advocate for yourself. Keep listening. We have a special treat to share with you. Hey, fellow mermaids, and welcome to the Black Mermaid Podcast, where we discuss mental health disparities that directly affect Black women. I'm your host, Emma Adeshita, and I am a resiliency expert and mental health advocate. We want to welcome today's guest, Ashley Swain. She is a content creator, fellow blogger, podcaster, motivational speaker, and she is also a wife and a mother. So she's here with us today, and she's going to help us to explore the idea of self-love, self-worth, and all the things that come with it. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, guys. So I'm excited to be on this podcast. I love podcasting. I love everything about podcasting. And so I'm excited to even be invited on this platform. Um, like you said, you kind of gave me a little um, intro. I, I will say that I am a motivational speaker, content creator at itsashleyswain.com, and I help millennial women identify, create, and succeed in their greater purpose with empowering content that's based around motherhood, femininity, and self-love. So that's, you know, a good little intro about who I am. Um, I truly, truly, truly have a love for helping just women, definitely women that have had, you know, some trauma in their upbringing or their childhoods. That is where I feel like I do my very best um, in connecting to those individuals. So, yeah. So I guess that's really so much more about me, I guess. Yes. So thanks for sharing, Ashley, because I definitely feel like there's a huge need for this conversation. A lot of people always ask me, how did you get into, you know, mental health? Why are you an advocate for it? And, you know, how do you come into the connection? So for me, you know, what made me really want to start this podcast is especially during quarantine, you know, how difficult it is to keep up with your self-care and a lot of different things like depression start to kick in. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, what am I doing that's helping me to get through? Right. And when I thought about it, it's like I listen to podcasts every day, but I got to go to like six different podcasts to get what I need. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create a space where people could come to get encouraged, educated, informed, and motivated about taking ownership of their mental health because that is the tool that's going to be able to make the rest of their lives and powerful and not be a hindrance, you know? Right. So yeah. Yeah. That's how I got into it. So typically it's a panel of, you know, myself, you're going to be on here. You're the mental health advocate. And also we'll have a therapist that will also give us tips and tools and advice um, on how to kind of cope through this uh, mental health game. Okay. So um, I just want to ask you, what does like self-love mean to you? Self-love for me is really just about putting myself first without mm-hmm. all of the guilt. Right. Um, I think that as moms, it's, it's, I feel like we were conditioned for so long to, you know, the whole thing about being a mother is a sacrifice. Now, that is a mm-hmm. fact. However, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice yourself. Wow. And I feel I like, like a lot of times we were, you know, conditioned or taught that, you know, just put yourself last. It's all about your kids. And mm-hmm. um, for me, that's what I mean about, like, you know, taking away that mommy guilt, taking away from that thought of, oh, I'm not a good mother because I'm putting myself first. So, number one, mm-hmm. putting yourself first, um, not comparing. You know, I struggle with that. 
looking to the right, looking to the left, trying to figure out what other people are doing and kind of just being okay, you know, uh-huh. being kind to myself. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously setting a time, setting time aside for myself. Those like a lot of, those, I mean, I got so many things, but just those main things, putting yourself first, not comparing mm-hmm. and really setting some time aside for yourself. Right. Right. I agree. I also think that self-love is about putting yourself first. And most importantly for me, I think it's really about showing yourself grace. I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of times we spend so much time beating ourselves up when we don't get so many things done. But, you know, again, we're mothers. Some of us are wives. We have multiple hats that we're juggling. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get everything checked off that list, we feel guilty about it. Yeah. God, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. But it's really about saying, you know what? I didn't fold those clothes today, but I washed them. So I'm going to do this in segments. I'll fold today. I washed yesterday and tomorrow I'll put them up. But I mm. want to most importantly take some time for myself because right. that's a lot of different things to keep up with. Running a family, running a household, running a business, right? And also just being able to make time for yourself. And at the end of the day, we always put ourselves last. Right. That's like at the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I'm learning in self-love has a lot to do with showing yourself grace um, and just showing gratitude for smallest things like having a cup of tea, um, 10 minutes to yourself before you, you know, move out the house in the morning. Yeah. So I think that's really important. Yeah. That's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of things that come with, uh, I would say the journey on self-love is that we're afraid. Like sometimes we'll go through things, we'll have different traumas that happen to us and we'll be afraid to invest in ourselves. Like, you know, like you said, you know, went shopping, worth the kids clothes and you have some extra, you're like, you know what, let me buy myself this pocketbook or these shoes and you feel guilty for doing it because you don't put everybody else first. Right. So, you know, just learning that it's okay to take care of yourself and treat yourself with something sometimes. And that also aligns with your self-worth. Yeah. And, you know, in therapy right now, myself um, and my therapist, the one thing we talk about, um, we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, and she always says, she's like, you know, it amazes me how you got to self-actualization because you've never had a lot of your basic needs met as a kid. You know, Mm. so the fact that you're there and skipped all those other steps like self-sufficiency and, you know, you didn't receive love. Sometimes you didn't have food at night. The water was off the lights. Those are basic needs that weren't met as a kid. Yeah. So to see where you are as an adult amazes me. And it took me back a step because it's like, you know, I never really thought about that. I just it's just constant grinding for me because Mm. I know where I want to be. Yeah. And, And, you know, for me, it's just like showing myself grace. Like, you know what, Emma? You're good. You went through this. You went through that. But you're you're still carrying a lot of those things. And what people don't understand is that trauma is trauma, but it carries into your adulthood. And I remember, Ashley, you had, you know, I follow you on social media. You really like are an encourager and motivator. And I remember one thing you said was about, you know, not allowing our traumas to come into adulthood and raise kids that are, you know, something like that you were saying. And you can talk a little bit more about that, but I feel like that's so relative to so many things. Yeah. um, I think the quote you're talking about is I'm not trying to raise children that have to recover from their Mm. childhood. Exactly. And I know I messed it up a little bit, but I always said all the time, I'm huge. Like, oh my goodness. Like I try, my kids honestly have to be mm-hmm. the very best thing that ever happened to me right. because mm-hmm. it really taught me a lot about looking back at the way that I was raised mm-hmm. 
and I had a lot of irritation, <laughs> a lot right. of anger mm-hmm. okay, for the way that my parents parent parented me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so being around my children and seeing them and, you know, trying to not create the same mistakes, of course, mm-hmm. of my parents, right. but also just being like, I'm more of a listener. I'm more of, I advocate for them more. I'm mm-hmm. obviously present. Um, <laughs> and um, I just, I, it's just a whole nother thing. So it's really important for my kids to actually have a childhood. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. without some of those things you talked about, a lot, without you not having to worry about where the lights, right? Where the exactly. Food, um, who's walking into your room at night as a mm-hmm. child? Okay? Wow. So you it's know, very important that my children don't have that. They they actually have an actual childhood, and then mm-hmm. whatever happens when they get a little older, you know, I just don't want them to have scars. You yes, know, the things that exactly. I'm still trying to heal from. Mm-hmm. It's funny because my sister and I we were talking the other day, and you know, we are definitely advocating for therapy, and we raise mm-hmm. our children a lot different from what we were raised mm-hmm. and she was like girl I got a lot of stuff to heal from and I was like you know what the good thing about that is that you can acknowledge that because a lot wow. of us are bleeding on others absolutely um, wow so yeah so I, I just you know I just I'm glad you brought that that quote up because I was like oh, yeah man. that's one of my favorite quotes because you know I personally growing up things weren't always easy you know mm-hmm. growing up in um, a, a household with just my mother and after that, I, my grandma raised me after my mom passed away. So it was kind of like not really stable until I got to my grandma's house. But by mm-hmm. then I'm 10. So I don't my whole like I would say smaller end of childhood. I didn't feel protected. Like mm. you say, going to sleep at night, not knowing who's able to walk in and out of your room. Yeah. Um, just small things like that. Not having a coat going to school. Like one year, yeah. I remember our teachers had to buy us coats because my mom didn't have a coat for us. So, mm. you know, it's just small things like that. That when I give my kids and people say, oh, materialistic things don't matter, but it's the experiences that matter. It is the experience. Yeah, those things you hold on to and you remember. So for me, you know, my model of parenting and protecting my children comes from my lack of. Mm. I didn't have. So I want them to have. Never had school pictures as a kid. So every year my daughter takes school pictures ever since pre-K and she's she's 10. So we make sure she has school (laughs) pictures. You know, small things like never being able to do the book fair, you know, (laughs) she does that book fair every year, you know, Mm -hmm. so just small things like that. I really feel like our parenting structures come from either how we were raised, the positive things or the things that we we wish wouldn't have happened to us. So Mm, I think that's, you know, real heavy on a wish wouldn't have happened to us. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm learning to also accept that we're not perfect. Nobody gives you no handbook when you come out of that hospital with the baby. You know, it's a lot of, you know, learning on your own. And it amazes me at how strong we are as women. Like Mm. we're so resilient that we're able to walk out of that hospital sometimes with or without anybody. You're coming home with this child and your responsibility is to make sure that they're safe. So it's so many pressures that we have to deal with on top of our own mess. Yeah. Um, You know, and I feel like, you know, that has a lot to do with self-love and self-love and self-worth has a lot to do with the things that have happened to you. So, you know, one of the things I'm struggling with right now is just learning about that your self-worth is not attached to anything. My master's degree, my marriage, my marital status, you know, my children, my job, those things don't define me. Because if I lose one of those things, who am I? Right. Right. So I feel like that's something important as well. Like, yeah, 
I um I was thinking about something you said as far as like you know you coming out the hospital you really don't um you don't get a handbook nobody is you know mm-hmm. saying things to you just trying to figure it out I had wrote a post today I said something and I can't look at my Facebook but it was something effective you know we blame our parents for a lot of things we blame them because they, they were not who we needed them mm-hmm. to be when we don't realize that maybe they really did the best they right. could. Exactly. Like they, whatever mm-hmm. they had. And I'm still working right. through that. Like I can stand here and say I am still working through that aspect because a lot of things I'm looking at you like well you could have did this. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Exactly. I'm looking at you yeah. like what, what, what you know jeesh you know but I am <laughs> as, a, as a mother now I'm just like listen you know you got to forgive that and you got to move right. on. You can't continue to be a victim and just be like, you know, not saying that it takes away from your experience mm-hmm. because your experience is your experience and it is mm-hmm. wrong for whatever that experience mm-hmm. was. But I'm not going to continue to let that be an issue for me or a step or, or an issue with blocking what I got going on in our future or how I parent my, my exactly. kids Exactly. Um, and that's the other thing. Is for, it's yeah. like forgiveness. I feel like, you know, growing up, my mother wasn't, a good mother I'm not going to even be like oh she wasn't mm-hmm. the best mother she she wasn't a good mother and I understand mm-hmm. that she battled with depression and she battled with so many things that I didn't know as a kid all we when kids look at their parents they don't see the struggles we go through you know they right. just be like oh my mom is this my mom is that and you don't realize until you get older what your mother actually was you know as a kid mm. you just see this person in a house and you look up to them no matter what they are, right. you know, or who they are, what they've done. And, you know, looking back, I my mom was a, she suffered from major depressive disorder. And that mm-hmm. affected her parenting style and the things that she allowed to happen to her children. And it also affected mm-hmm. her self-worth, you know? And, right. you know, sometimes people do things to you, but it's also based on what you allow them to do. And I feel like right. when you have low self-esteem and you have low self-worth, it affects how you raise your children. It affects so many things, your yeah. job, your career. Like, that's why it's so important to be in, in touch with your mental health. Because when someone asked me the other day, they was like, oh, I miss therapy. I'm like, oh, I can't miss therapy. It's like, I got to reschedule it. That's just like a, a di- heart doctor's appointment, you know, <laughs> right. because that is yeah. your physical health and your mental health are eye to eye. The one is no yeah. more important than the other. If I had to put one before the other, it would be my mental health. And I didn't I was the exactly. Yeah. And I didn't realize yeah. how important therapy was and being active in your development with mental health until quarantine. Mm. Yeah. So right. like during the pandemic is yeah. when I really was like, all right, I mean, you gotta be on top of this. Like you have to. Right. Yeah, you're right about that because you're, you're alone with your own mm-hmm. thoughts more. I mean, you're at home, you know. Um, yeah, so that is that is more more true than anything, and it's really sad because I think well, I don't know if I want to say I don't know if I want to say sad, but it's really just eye opening because people have been running and ripping and running and going to work and not having to worry about mm-hmm. issues at mm-hmm. home. Now you don't you you have nowhere to right. run because you are exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So it's um, yeah. So I do believe, I do agree. Like your mental health is more important than anything. It, it, right? You know, just like you said, like you mm-hmm. said, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's a heavy topic, and honestly, I think that that's the reason why I wanted to create this podcast. Because because you know, black mermaids are like the ones in the family that the underdog. 
you know the ones that nobody mm-hmm. thought would make it the ones that are you still have to be resilient you still have to stand out you still have to be successful you know but we still rise you know we don't let right. the things we've been through stop us we keep pushing we keep rolling so i think that's very important but i do have one question like that i was like i really gotta ask this question um what is one thing like or one failure you think you've had or one obstacle that you think that you've had that you feel like has really changed your life or impacted your life one obstacle or failure mm-hmm. hmm like I can start I'll start yeah, yeah I, got, <laughs> I got to think about that one that's yeah. good I uh, so I feel like for me um like the one obstacle or the one failure that I had that has really like really really changed or rather has made an impact on my life I would say has was when I uh tried to quit smoking cigarettes so I was I was an avid cigarette smoker I smoked for five years and that's one Mm -hmm. thing I really tried to quit um several times I don't even know how many times I tried to quit but I remember the last time that I got like I had like something happened. I went in the hospital, my blood sugar was up. And when I went in the hospital, I was in a coma literally for like maybe two days. Mm-hmm. Cause my blood sugar had went up so high that it was unreadable on the glucose machine. And this was like in 2017. And when I went to the hospital, I was really sick. And it was like, if you wouldn't have came when you came, you wouldn't have made it. And I was say, yeah, I'm about to say that. Yep. I was like, um, it was like you and my sister was like, just go. I'll pick up Zoe. You, you know, take and do what you got to do. And when I um, got in the hospital, I was like, when I leave, I'm not picking up another cigarette. And people were like, well, it'd be four years. I quit in, in February. And people be like, oh, my God, how did you do it? What did you use? I'm like, God, it was God's will, because if it was up to me with the stresses I was dealing with, that was my go to. Yeah. So, you know, that was your go-to. it really changed that experience smoking was a failure for me because I always did it but that experience changed my life sometimes I feel like you things happen to you so that it can wake you up for the next milestone in your life so mm. well I have so many failures <laughs> we all just I'm so thankful yes. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you went first because I don't know what my answer would have mm-hmm. been to be honest with you. I was like wait where are right. we going with this so I think what, what stood out to me is I think something that's crazy because I just told my sister we had literally had a, had a good mm-hmm. conversation that I was like you know what my pain fuels me so much that and I but it's a good thing and a mm-hmm. bad thing because if I don't have any pain how am I gonna keep right. going and that's wow. how that's how horrible that's how horrible mm-hmm. my childhood was that's wow. how they give you a little glimpse of how horrible my childhood because if I don't get pain then what exactly Okay, but I, the, I would say the failure or something that really was mind opening. And if this is not the right answer, mm-hmm. let me know. Um, if this is not answering the question, I think going through postpartum depression with my first mm-hmm. child um, completely, and I don't know if I want to say that was a failure, but that experience mm-hmm. changed me. Um, and I, I mean that in a way of it caused me to get into therapy, mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. That is the reason why I went to therapy. Now, I should have went to therapy a thousand years before. <laughs> that but was the one thing, though. Not until then was I was like, okay, I am not right. okay. Right. I'm not mm-hmm. okay. And I was walking around here like I could do any and mm-hmm. everything. And postpartum depression 
brought wow. me down to the point where no you need to go do this and you need to go talk to somebody mm-hmm. or whatever um so i think that is um what would really help mm-hmm. me open my eyes up and then also um it helped me even I think it'd be an even way a way better mm. mother this sec- this go around this right. time this for my mm-hmm. second child um because I over communicate mm-hmm. like if I know I'm not feeling okay I over communicate instead of just trying to yes, hold it down there you, to, go. you know what right. I mean yeah um so I think that I think those are the things no so I'm thankful yeah. for my I'm thankful that my I have my right. son obviously but you no, know. but that's perfect. That's a perfect yeah. example of a failure or and the reason why I say failure is because I would that word automatically just make people cringe and think of negativity. But failures are how we become successful. Like, you know, how yeah. you have a mistake. OK, long as you get back up and try again, that eventually that consistency of that failure is going to lead you to be successful. So yeah. I'm learning to look at that word in a positive light because any failure, whether for Sir Pam, Tan, finances, relationships, those obstacles create opportunities for growth and success. So, you know, mm-hmm. postpartum depression, I've also suffered from it. For both pregnancies and it, mm-hmm. it for me it didn't it didn't drive me to go to therapy i feel like therapy has always been in my life ever since i was nine years old we've always had to mm-hmm. go to therapy but um for me i think that if you wouldn't have had that experience that was your aha moment everybody has that moment where they're like oh snap like you know that was your moment that triggered you to finally make a move on it and we always need something mm-hmm. to make us put fire under our asses we're all different Right. You know, some people That's you so got to use a lighter, a lighter. Some people you might have to pull out one of those things they use in the movie, a blowtorch, whatever that level of fire <laughs> is for you, you know, is going to yeah. have to work. So God knows us best. He created us all. So I think that's, you know, pretty important. But, um, yeah, you know, that was a good question. Right. So like just wrapping up, you know, this episode, um, the Black Mermaid toolbox is pretty cool. Um. This is our first episode, so usually I have our guests just, you know, give one or two things that they think would aid in a journey to self-love. Um, you know, two things that you you use, um, a part of your self-care routine that you think helps to, you know, make time for yourself, for self-love. So what, what are two things you would recommend to our listeners? Two things I would recommend as far as um, when you're on this journey to self-love is to... Number one, advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, find a way to advocate for yourself, you know. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, I think definitely as, um, I'll just say as a mother sometimes, you know, like I was saying earlier in the um, podcast that I'm raising my children a lot differently than what I was mm-hmm. raised. So a lot of times I'm getting, look, side eyes and opinions I never asked for. Right. Um, about how I want to raise my my kids and I would say to advocate for yourself you know not allowing people just to say anything mm-hmm. to you um, not allowing people to you know throw opinions that you never asked you know ask mm-hmm. for um, definitely advocate for yourself and not even just that even when you're talking about you know your goals and what you want to accomplish whether that's weight loss whether that's you know, I want to go back to school. People will continue to give you opinions that you mm-hmm. never asked for. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll definitely say, number one, advocate you for yourself. That's going to take you knowing who you mm-hmm. are, learning who you are. Um, a second thing I would say is to just be really, like, unapologetic about putting yourself mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Like, that should have been number right. one. It's like, 
you got to put yourself first without the guilt, without the second guessing, without all of this. Mm-hmm. You, you have to put yourself first and you got to know what that looks like for you. It's putting yourself first. You know, putting yourself first could be not eating all the snacks in the pantry yes. because you know you got goals. I know that's you right. Know, or, <laughs> you know, or maybe not getting that you know you know spending too much on stuff where you know you got you want you want to put that money exactly. in the business or whatever. yeah that's that's um, that's key right there you know? and like you said you know self-love doesn't always feel good you know people think self-love no. is buying flowers going out with your friends taking <laughs> a hot bath sometimes self-love is telling that person no i can't do that i'm not available i'm mm-hmm. not i can't yeah. do it i'm sorry but maybe next time being able to say yeah. no so you know i'm also learning you know creating boundaries and like you said advocating for yourself speaking up for yourself if someone says something to you and that tone is not right correct it because yeah. you're you're speaking to me you know yeah you're speaking exactly to me. you're speaking to me <laughs> and a lot of that comes from knowing your worth and and knowing what type of respect you deserve you know I was right. in therapy one week and my therapist uh, I said something and she was like, oh, so w- when did you start doing that? I was like, well, this is a part of my self-development. And she's like, oh, excuse me. So, you know, I'm learning that I'm constantly evolving. So people are like, oh, well, you wasn't like that two weeks ago. I might not be like this the next five minutes. I'm constantly evolving. And your own people put you yeah. put labels on you. You know, that's another yeah. thing. Don't let people yeah. to lock you in and use their fears and push them on you. So I love that advocating yeah. for yourself because that goes in so many different avenues. Um, but definitely, you know, creating boundaries um, and learning to just pretty much like like she said, put yourself first. Um, the other thing I, I think that's really helpful in eating in that journey is journaling. That is something I do every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll write two to three journal entries. Um, my husband makes me upset. So instead of cussing him out, I'm writing in my journal. <laughs> Because I'm like, I gotta get this yeah. shit out. <laughs> like, I can't hold yeah. it in. I need to go ahead and journal tonight. Exactly. Like, argument it. number three. Okay, in the journal. <laughs> and I go back and read it. I'm like, damn, I'm glad I ain't send that as a text. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you yeah. know, definitely, you know, expressing yourself. I feel like that's so important. And I really hope that people can, you know, gain some sense of self love and not be afraid to love yourself. Like, nothing bad gonna come yeah. from it, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Oh my God, love that. Yes, I love that. So, Ashley, tell us um how um our listeners can follow you, like or get in touch with you. What's the uh the move? Your handles, your social media handles. So my social media handle, well, let's go by Facebook. Facebook, it's Ashley Swain, um, and on Instagram, it's it's. Ashley Swain. Just there's no space. It's just it's Ashley Swain. You can follow me there. I'm I'm pretty much more. I think I would say I would more be more more available. I think I, I post more on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah. So check me out there. It's Ashley Swain on Instagram and Ashley Swain on Facebook. Great. And you guys know you can check us out on Facebook at the Black Mermaid Podcast. On Instagram, we are at the Black Mermaid Pod. We're on Twitter at the Black Mermaid Pod. Um, and that's it. That's what we're doing so far. So thanks for coming out to listen. And uh, we'll see you guys next month. Bye. Bye.